my personality is one that I just push through, you know. That's personality. You know, when life comes at you, you know, how many of you live in life and have troubles, you know, and it just, it comes at you. And sometimes we retreat, we run, we hide, whatever. But generally, I just, sometimes I don't deal with the stuff. I just push through, you know. And, I, and I'm, I'm not saying that you should do that. I don't think that's the right thing to do. The right thing to do is, you know, go to the Lord and let him work on you and, and, and heal you and help you. And I say that to say that, you know, this has been a crazy year and a half, you know. Uh, I mean, as a, not just as a body or as an individual family or as an individual, but the world together has been through a crazy crisis. Not only, uh, and, and I think with the exception of Louisiana, we've had our more than fair share sometimes than the rest of the world, you know. I mean, we've had uh, two major hurricanes fly through here. Uh, we've had a, a major ice storm. Uh, you know, people not still not in their houses. There's, I still drive around Lake Charles. I was driving the other day and just saw Highway 14 is still out of business for a, a large part. I mean, these weigh on our hearts and our emotions, you know, and God feels that. So I'm, I don't want to tell you that you just need to get past your pain and push through. I want to give you an opportunity to grieve. And sometimes these services may feel awkward, you know, because there's just a lot of stuff that people are dealing with, and we don't really know how. We've never been this way before, you know. And you're not alone, you know. I used to wonder about that scripture. Uh, Peter said, uh, remember your brothers that were going through the same thing, you know. And I thought, man, that doesn't mean anything to me. But I wasn't going anything through anything at the time. But when crisis came, I remembered, you know, my brother-in-law, he's been fighting this. I call him, you know, how you doing? And just talking to him would encourage me. So, I mean, talk to people, you know, share your stories. Talk to the Lord, you know, share your story. Uh, and grieve, it's okay to grieve, it's okay. It's, you don't have to pull your bootstraps up and make it happen. You can, it's okay to cry, you know, it's okay to get mad, you know. And give yourself permission, you know, forgive yourself. You know, maybe you got mad at the adjuster and you said some things you wish you wouldn't have. I get mad at them all the time. <laughs> you know, I mean, but it, it, you're real, you're people, you know. And God's not trying to make sure that you, he's got a list, see how you're going to behave. If you're going to not swear or not get mad or not get angry. If you do, you pass the test and he loves you more. You know, God loves you, you know, right? And he understands and he wants to help you through that. Yeah, you may have fallen, but... Allow him to love you through this. And look to him. Um, the kingdom is the kingdom. It doesn't change because circumstances change. It just, it's just a new challenge for us as individuals to, to rise up and trust. You know, how are you going to provide, Lord? What creative way? And I know it's hard, you know. And we're all in there at some, some level or another is that life is demanding something different for me right now in this moment, and I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't know where to go. All I know to do is what I've always done, and that's maybe fight, you know, to get through all this stuff. Uh, thus, this... <laughs> I didn't say, necessarily say all that to say this. I was going to say something else, but I, I will take it now from here. <laughs> Amen. Uh, these... I don't know. I call them Easter lilies. Some people call them uh, irises. I don't know what they are, actually. When I bought the house, they were on the side of my driveway. And they were all clumped up in spots. And uh, I liked them, but I didn't like them all clobbered up. So I took them out last year, and I 
I pulled them out. I pulled out all the bulbs, and I replanted them in a row so when they bloomed, it would cover that whole area. Well, these were something I just put in the bucket, and there's a bunch of them, and I put them in my garage. And the other day, I noticed a stem, and I haven't touched them. No water, no feed, no dirt, nothing, just, just these bulbs, and this is what happened. <laughs> yeah, but that is something to let you know life is on the inside of you. Life is in you, and nothing can stop the life of God to cause you to bloom. You know, you were meant to bloom in the greatest of disasters, the greatest of trials. It doesn't matter. You were born to bloom. You were born to produce, to bring forth what God. And I, maybe it's the trial that made this thing so pretty, you know. Uh, I don't know. I kind of think so. Uh, but you are in a season of bloom. Uh, William gave us a word today that we're in harvest. We're in, it's a time of harvest, you know. Uh, so I, I'm going to believe that. We're in a time of harvest, you know. We're in a time of blooming, you know. Amen. So if you want one of these bulbs, who wants a bulb? Who wants a bulb? There you go. There's a bulb. <laughs> who else wants a bulb, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> catch. Got to catch. <laughs> Woo, look at there. Look at there. Somebody give her a high five. <laughs> Way back there. Huh? Look at there. <laughs> that one almost got intercepted. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who else wants one? Okay, there's one way over there. Yeah, woo! <laughs> Who else wants a ball? There you go. Help her, mom. Look at there, woo! <laughs> all right, come on now. Who else wants one? Don't be bashful. All right, this is the big one, all right? Here you go, you ready? Yeah! <laughs> This is fun. Who else? There you go, right back there. Yeah. You tell me, hey, I want one. This, I'm the next contestant. I'm finding a good one here. Woo! Yeah! There you go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, and if that one doesn't work, call me. I'll, if I got some more, I'll, I'll, I'll. Oh! Here, here's another one. Here's another one. Here's a, ooh, here's a big one. Yeah, yeah. Woo! <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Hmm? Nope, no dirt, just the dirt that came with it. I'm giving this to my mother. Irma, Irma. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Now, I did, uh, I have to say, once it bloomed and I saw it bloomed, I said, they deserve water. <laughs> so I, I just put a little bit of water in there. Yeah. Where's Miss Elmira? There you go. Didn't bloom, but it's fixing to. <laughs> awesome, awesome. If you didn't get one and you want one, help yourself, okay? <laughs> Amen. Save Jeeva one. I know, she, I know Jeeva one is. Pardon? Yeah. Yeah, we have plenty. And they produce, they reproduce. So uh, kind of like banana trees, you can't get rid of them once you plant them, you know? Yeah, amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, open up to uh, Acts chapter 19. Jade, thank you for leading us in worship. We appreciate that. Love you. Yeah, amen. 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 That was a big deal for her. She did it. Yeah, amen. <laughs> 
Amen. Amen. Yes. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to read. Are you, are you getting a double team this morning? I'm going to share, and Kathy's going to share. Uh, we hadn't compared notes. She, she says, I can't tell you what I'm sharing because it messes me up. And me, I don't mind. I like telling, you know, I like to compare notes, you know. But anyway, so uh, we'll see where we, all this lands. But, uh, <laughs> um, but before we do get started, I want to give one announcement. That is uh, March the 14th, which is a Friday night. I'm sorry. Thank you. May. M-A. Starts with M-A. Yeah. <clears throat> May 14th, 6.30 p.m. right here. We're having our strategic night of prayer. And I want to give you a little qualification for that. Um, some of you will get some personal calls because you are an intercessor. And we really want to employ you in the, uh, that, that role as an intercessor. Because we, we're really wanting to seek God for clarity. You know, we have vision, but we need direction on how to move forward in some of these things. And what needs to be done. And, you know, when Dr. Ursula Wright came, she shared some things with us that we needed to implement and begin to press into, and that was one of them. So, uh, be, some of you expect a call. Uh, we may have already talked to you already, but others, you're invited to come, but it's not going to be your traditional prayer meeting where, you know, we're going to give you, you know, we're going to pray for mama and grandma and all that stuff or whatever. But we really want to reach heaven to tell us where, how do we do this, you know, what needs to happen you know, what needs to go on. So just be, be praying about it, you know, and just um, <clears throat> come and we'll, we'll see what God says, you know, and we'll put it together and um, go from there. So when is that taking place? May the 14th. Ah, oh, y'all cheating. Y'all cheaters. <laughs> y'all cheaters. <laughs> Thank you, Sadie. <laughs> hey, give Sadie a hand. That's, she is awesome. <laughs> And her partner, Lindsay, yeah, does such a great job. We thank both of y'all. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to read Acts 19, uh, 1 through 20. Y'all read with me, and then I'm going to kind of uh, make a few points. And what we're talking about is we, we started out with prayer last month. month before that, we were on alignment, because the word the Lord's given us this year is alignment, getting our, our life in alignment with what He wants. And uh, prayer helps to get us in alignment. Uh, but then we, we said this month we'd speak on, this past month we'd speak on the Holy Spirit. Uh, but there's so much that needs to be said about the Holy Spirit. Kathy and I decided to extend it this month. We're going to spend a little bit more time talking about the Holy Spirit. And then next month we're going to deal with identity and mindset. You know, how that plays into who we are and help us to get our focus right. You know, so we're... we're prayerfully and intentionally trying to uh, share with things that's going to help us as individuals uh, get in alignment with heaven, what God's doing. You know, God has a plan in spite of COVID, in spite of a uh, pandemic, in spite of hurricanes and all that. It doesn't deter the plan. Uh, it's just sometimes I think we've got to dig a little deeper now. We've got to dig a little deeper. Oh, say, <clears throat> so uh, with that in mind... Um, well, let me give you a, a, one more one more thing. We've prayed for a number of, of you to be filled with the Spirit. Some of you have been filled, and uh, sometimes we're like buckets. We've got a hole in us, and we need to be filled again. Can, can you say amen on that, you know? I mean, some days I'm not filled with the Spirit, you know? I mean, Eric and I have been walking together, and he's probably seen some of the times that he's not too filled with the Spirit right now. You know, I need to pray for him, you know? <laughs> no, but it, it just happens, you know? But 
I mean, there is an infilling. You know, Jesus comes, uh, when we get born again, He gives us His Spirit. But there is a distinction. When they were all gathered in one accord, after the resurrection, they were all believers. They knew Jesus was Lord. They had eternal life. But He said, go tarry in Jerusalem until you be endowed or with power from on high. So there's a distinction of an infilling of the Spirit that gives us power to be witnesses, to live life for the kingdom, right? And so this is kind of where we're at. So... Uh, what next? You know, okay, so we, we came, we, get, we were filled with the Spirit, we were refilled with the Spirit, whatever, we were empowered by the Spirit. So what happens next? And uh, the Lord dropped this scripture in me, so I want to read uh, Acts one nineteen, and we're just going to pull out some things, just to give you an idea of some things that uh, for you as an individual and for us as a church to be pressing into in terms of where should we go from here. All right, so Paul... Uh, uh, says, while, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus, on the coast where he found several believers. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Um, the, the old version says, since you believed. So he was making a distinction. We know you're believers, but did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? They, he asked them, and no, they replied. We haven't even heard so much as there is the Holy Spirit. What then were you baptized? Or, y'all, excuse me, my head's in King James and my, my paper's in New, New Living Translation. Okay, so let me slow down. Uh, then what baptism did you experience? So he's trying to find out, he's, in, he's inquiring, find out what's going on. You know? All right, I know you believe, you didn't hear about the Holy Spirit, so there's a disconnect somewhere, because Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. So... He backtracked and thought, oh, okay. They said, uh, and he asked them, they replied, the baptism of John. So you know that John went before the Messiah, and it said that, uh, uh, that the Lord basically drew people to John, and he said he was a forerunner for the Christ, for the Messiah. So he set the, the pattern, the pace. So they believed, they were believing to, for the coming of the Messiah. There was that expectation that Jesus was coming. And that's what I hope and I release in this place is that there's an expectation that when we gather together that Jesus will come and he will be here and God will touch our lives. Uh, but they, so he knew because of that they believed under repentance. They had repentance, but God, John said, repent and believe on him that will come after me. I'm not worthy to reach down and stoop his shoes. I'm just here to tell you that he's coming. Uh, so they begin to repent. They begin to change their heart. I'm sorry for my sins. I repent. I, I, want, I want the Messiah to come, and I want to be ready when he comes. And this isn't necessarily said like this in Scripture, but if you read it, you'll understand that it's the truth, that those that did not receive the baptism of John did not receive Jesus. You know, the Pharisees, remember, they stood on the side onlooking and criticizing and they rejected him. And those that didn't repent from the preaching of John weren't able to cross over into, you know, there's, there, I'm sure there's exceptions, you know. Uh, but the general consensus is John went to prepare the way. And if we went in the way that John prepared, then our hearts were ready. If our hearts aren't repented and ready, we can't receive the Lord when he comes. It's a belief mindset thing. You know, we have to trust in him who's coming. So this is where... He's at, he's digging around, he's, he finds this out, and he says, uh, uh, John baptism called for repentance from sin. 
But John himself told the people to believe on the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. And as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So you can write that down. Baptized. So there was something, they realized that something had to happen uh, to their response to the message. So I would encourage you, if you've never been baptized, please uh, talk to me. Uh, talk to Eric, Kathy, you know, look, I want to be baptized. We have a beautiful hot tub that we, uh, a, a blow-up hot tub that we'll blow it up and heat it up so you don't freeze to death, you know, and we'll baptize you right here and right now. You know, and it may need, you need to, yeah, yeah, don't slip on this floor. <laughs> uh, you know, some of, sometimes, um, <laughs> it didn't work for Tim. <laughs> the, the heater went out on Tim, but. You know he was a believer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> but sometimes in our walk, we lose sight of who we are. And, uh, or maybe you're stepping into a fresh area. Uh, I mean, the Bible doesn't say you have to be baptized once. I've been baptized three times, you know. I didn't think the first two times took, so I did it the third time, you know. Uh, the first time I was baptized, it was at a little... A church of God when I was a, a kid I didn't feel like I really understood what it meant the second time I was baptized was at a coffee house I had met the Lord in when I was a preteen and uh, they put visqueen in the back of a pickup truck and they filled it up and it was like 1947 international pickup truck step side I laid in there and they laid me back I just thought it was cool you know uh, and to the understanding that I had I think it worked but when I was about 16 I came to a crisis in my life and I knew I needed Jesus to really to live or I was going to be swallowed up forever in the, the phrase of sin and just all the the gunk that goes with that you know and I you know I felt like it took for me anyway that time you know and uh, so I, I was baptized in a swimming pool at the Holiday Inn or Ramada Inn in Blyville Arkansas back in 1976 79 79 yeah 1979 yeah <clears throat> all right anyway uh, so he said, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And this is, I'm leading up to where I want to get to. Uh, then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Then Paul went to the synagogue and preached boldly for the next three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some became stubborn rejecting this message and publicly speaking against the way. I kind of think maybe these were, because he was in, uh, Paul always went to the synagogue. When it says synagogue, you know they're talking about a Jewish church, basically. It's a Jewish gathering. They called it the synagogue. So Paul would go first to the Jews and bring the gospel wherever, even when he was in a Gentile city outside of Jerusalem and Israel. Uh, but they rejected him, uh, which tells me maybe they hadn't repented at John's preaching. You know, um, so anyway, um, let me get my place. Then Paul went to the synagogue and he preached boldly for the next three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some became stubborn, rejecting his message and publicly speaking against the way. So Paul left the synagogue and took with him the believers. Then he held daily discussions at the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for about two years. Amazing. So the people throughout the province of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. I mean, this is revival. 
You know, revival broke out because 12 people uh, believed and took another step in their, their walk with their Lord, with the Lord. And from that, that moment, it opened up a portal of heaven right there in Ephesus. And from there, all of Asia heard the word of God. Amazing stuff. And it didn't stop there. God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. You know, this is all stimulated by the infilling and the welcoming of the Holy Spirit. You hear what I'm saying? When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. I mean, this was the day in the life of Christianity 101 back in the uh, first, B, first century B.C. This is what was happening. A group of Jews were traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? They had an identity crisis, you know. They were playing big, but they, 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 didn't, they didn't have that relationship. They didn't have that connection. Um, then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. I mean, you can picture that sight. That was a crazy sight, you know. <laughs> But, you know, and I don't say that, don't let fear grip your heart, because that's where people go. When you talk about Holy Spirit, they think of these crazy things, and they, they think that could happen to me. But the truth is, if you're filled with the Spirit, the devil's going to run away, you know? Because he said, I know Jesus, and I know Paul. Who are you? You don't know Jesus or Paul. But if you know Jesus and you're filled with the Spirit, you have the same power of God residing inside of you. There's no respect to a person. You know, everybody may not be called to full-time public ministry, but everybody is called to ministry. Everybody is given the power of God. Everyone filled with the Spirit of God has the power of God living on the inside of them. And that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you will also transform the life of those who will believe the message that you give to them. You don't have to call the preacher and say, Hey, preacher, I need you to come talk to my husband. I need you to come talk to my boss. I need you to come talk to my friend. You know, you just share with them and you just call on the name of Jesus as simple as it may seem or as fearful as you may be. You let God and you let the Holy Spirit do what he's been called to do and he'll do it. Amen. I mean, that's who you are. That's what the Holy Spirit. That's why we preach the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the one God has given us to empower us, to help us to live an effective Christian life that brings the kingdom of God with demonstration and with power. Amen. Um, Nick, do you mind if I just share a little bit of your testimony? Yeah. I mean, Nick was one that came to uh, the series of our meetings that we've had over the last couple of months. And recently, things he said shifted. His life has changed because of the power of God that touched his life, that he's not struggling in areas that he did not, that he struggled with before. And he comes there and he says, I thank God for this church because it changed my life. And we know it's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus Christ. And he's met him. Amen. God bless you, Nick. <laughs> we love you, brother. You know, you know, and I, I've said, you know, Nick has been faithful. He has come here for about five years. He sat back here and you know, trouble no matter what's going on in his life, no matter he, how he's fallen or how high he was on God, he, he'd come anyway, you know. 
Uh, and God has rewarded his faithfulness through granting him more and more and more healing each time he comes. Anyway, we love you, Nick. We really do. Yeah. Amen. 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 All right. So uh, they're running around naked <laughs> and battered. <laughs> and the story of what happened spreadly, uh, spread quickly all through Ephesus. You know, I, I think as we enter into the dimension of power and people's lives really begin to be transformed, you can't cage the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, the testimony itself is, will create the atmosphere of revival. You know, whenever you begin to tell people and sh they see the demonstration of your life, how it's changed, uh, that creates that cultural revival in itself and thus giving place to it. Uh, a solemn fear descended on the whole city and the name of the Lord Jesus became greatly honored because they knew it was the name of Jesus that exerted the power to set people free and to change things. Now, look what happened. Many became believers, confessed their sinful nature or practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought, bought, brought their incantation, incantation book and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. Talking about breaking a stronghold. You know, this is the power of God. You know, being unleashed in a community uh, because people believed and weren't afraid uh, to allow God to do what God does. And it began to set people free. Uh, that's where we're going, you know. Uh, that's what we're pressing into more and more and more that... This will be a place where God can unleash his, his power, uh, not just here in this building, but everywhere that you and I go, that there will be that influence and power. Um, so the message about the Lord Jesus spread widely and had a powerful effect. I would say so. <laughs> and I just want to make a, a couple um, observations real quick. And then I'm going to let Kathy have it. But uh, So the first thing that began to take place in the formation of the hearts and the minds of the people that were preparing themselves to hear from the Lord. And this is, you know, you're going to find yourself somewhere in here and hopefully getting, your, getting a, uh, the word, uh, like a ping. You know, when you look up YouTube, you can ping something. Uh, a, a location. Uh, I don't. There's another word for it. I can't think of it. If you think of it, you can holler it out, out to me. But anyway, you know, you know where you're at in in the geography of what God's doing. So, hopefully, what you'll see is, all right. This is where I'm at. This is my next step. This is where I need to. This gives me something to go for. That I need to go a little bit further. This is the next step. So first, there was repentance. You know, they had the baptism of John. So they they realized that they they were sinners. They needed. They needed deliverance from the sin inside of them that they weren't right with God. So this was the first thing. And that because of being in repentance, they, be, they believed the message that Jesus or, or that John spoke that, that Jesus could fix it. And so in their belief, they were baptized. The next thing they were baptized. Then after they were baptized, they said, uh, Paul said, laid hands on them. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you ever had someone lay hands on you? Uh, Paul says, stir up the gift that was given to you by what? The laying on of hands. You know, even in the Old Testament, 
whenever they would anoint somebody or the priest, they would lay hands on them. They'd pour oil on them. And there's a, there's a supernatural that tan transfers uh, and a, uh, with touch. Uh, if you don't touch your children, you will scar them for life. You know, emotionally, mentally, physically, touch them. But touch is powerful. And if we have clean hearts and clean hands, when we touch people, we'll transfer. And, and I'm, I'm going to go so far as to say this. Uh, uh, and I'm going to, I didn't say this, Bill Johnson did, and I, I love the way he said it. Back in the Old Testament, when you touch something unclean, you became unclean. But in the New Testament, when Jesus, who was clean, touched the unclean, they became clean. That's what we have now. That means no person, uh, no demonic-looking thing uh, has the power over you. Your touch through the kingdom of God has the power to make them whole, make them clean. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so laying on of hands. So then what? Then what? We're going to say this a lot. Then what? Uh, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, after they believed, repented, had laid hands on them, they received. They didn't go, they received. Say that with me, received. received. It's a gift. If I bring you a gift, and I say, here, look, here's, a, here's, a, here's my checkbook, you can have it. I say, she was going to receive it, you know. She grabbed it, you know. If I say, look, here's the Holy Spirit. Do you want the Holy Spirit? I'm going to lay hands on you. You can say yes or you can say no. Uh, but receiving is taking hold of possession of it. So you take possession of the Holy Spirit. Let him take possession of you. And, and don't think about the exorcist. And don't think about all them people that got beat up. Because that's not the spirit we're talking about. That's the other side. That's what we do. You know, we exert that power over the enemy. And that's what God wants to give you. And it just takes faith. Uh, do everybody get, does everybody get healed? Does everybody get devils cast out? No, not necessarily. But Jesus' kingdom and love moves into their life regardless because if we're walking in the Holy Spirit. All right, so then what? They received the Holy Spirit. The first thing they did, it says, and you read throughout the New Testament, they spoke with tongues or they prophesied or they did both. You know, that is common to being filled with the Spirit. And I think, man, that's weird, Tim. I know it's weird. I don't understand it. Paul makes that very clear. It doesn't make sense. But there's something supernatural about it that allows me to communicate spirit to spirit with the Father who created me. And it's a wonderful thing as I give myself to it. I accept the gift. I know it's weird, but hey, I'm going to pray anyway. It builds me up. It makes me feel good in my spirit. It makes me feel close to the Lord. Sometimes I'd be depressed or tired and start praying in the spirit and things start changing. Amen? All right, I need to hurry up because I don't want to take up all Kathy's time. Uh, so, and prophecy, prophesying. What's prophesying? It's speaking the word of the Lord under the inspiration of the Spirit. Uh, it could be speaking future into somebody's life. It could just be saying, God is saying to you that you are awesome, you're wonderful. He's got purpose and plan for you. I see this in the Spirit. You're prophesying to them, you know. These are initial gifts that God, why? To benefit, once to benefit you, the others to benefit the other. Yeah, tongues are for you, uh, prophecies for everybody else. Amen? So this is why we have these gifts. So then what? Well, then what? They begin to preach the Word of God boldly. Paul stepped into the pulpit, and he began to preach the, the power of God, and it said he argued persuasively concerning the kingdom of God. So then there becomes the realization of the kingdom of God. 
And we'll talk more about that in the future. But the kingdom of God is nothing more than the rule of Jesus establishing itself in your heart first and spreading from person to person. It's not my dependency is on uh, Uncle Sam. You know, right or left, in the middle, in between, it doesn't matter. Uh, the hope of the world is not liberalism. It's not de democracy. The hope of the world is Jesus Christ and his kingdom living on the inside of every individual on the planet. And that will influence all the other mountains of society. But it's understanding the kingdom of God. And Paul preached for three months persuading people that Jesus was king of the kingdom and that he rules and reigns. And we need to give him place in our lives. Amen? Amen. All right. Then he spent two years. He left there. Two years he began to teach uh, and train in the school of Tyrannus. In other words, he spent ten, two years proclaiming, and it says, from that place, uh, place all of Asia heard the gospel. Uh, so I believe that we need to continue as individuals and as a body to keep declaring the kingdom of God and looking for signs to follow so that Jesus can prove to the world that he is the Messiah and break the strongholds in people's lives. Amen? Amen. So this, Amen. this is the next step. After that, there was training and equipping. That two years was taking the disciples, those 12 that had believed, and others that would gather and listen to the teaching. We all need to be trained and taught about the things of the kingdom. I mean, the Holy Spirit's our teacher, and he shows us things in the Word, but we need the, the, we need the gifts, the fivefold gifts of the ministry, the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, and the evangelists to, to help build and equip us so that we can what? We can take this message and bring it out all over the place. Amen? Amen. All right, final thing, and then I'm going to close. Uh, there's another thing that happened here, and it was opposition. So I don't want to tell you that you know, we're going to pray for you. You're going to get filled with the Spirit, and your life's going to be fine from here on out. Is your life fine right now? I can tell you're saying, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, you've got challenges already. Why not be challenged in the kingdom and do something and live for something that has purpose for it, you know? Have a purpose to live rather than just trying to suck air and, and try to enjoy this moment that you have the best you can when you can live life on purpose for the God who created you and made you. But uh, Paul and the people experienced the stubbornness of the church. They experienced the rejection, the public rejection, and the resistance from the church system, uh, from family. Because the church, a lot of times, it's our, our, our mothers, our fathers, our grandparents, our, those that are gone on before us because they don't want to go with what the Holy Spirit's doing. They didn't repent at the, the, the message of of Jesus they didn't understand so they they locked it out so whenever you begin to speak of this new way and of this power and what God's doing in you not everybody's going to understand they're not oh wonderful for you now I want to go to church with you they're going to call their friends we need to get some this this girl's gone crazy you know we need to bring her to a psychiatrist she really believes that Jesus does this stuff and she's going around doing it I mean this is true it happens to people uh, I've watched it here time and time again people get Filled with the Spirit, they get excited about Jesus, and then their family will come and tell them, that's wrong, you know, because of long-held beliefs that Jesus doesn't heal people today, you know. Jesus doesn't cast devils out of people today. We got the Bible. That's all we need is, is the teaching of the Word. But if the teaching of the Word says that Jesus heals people, you know. So they had public defamation, you know. 
You go look at anybody serving the kingdom of God. I'll just give you an example, for instance, Bill Johnson. Yeah, uh, Billy Graham. Look at the haters on the comments. You know, just because you believe God, everybody's not going to love you. You know, your resolve is going to be tested. Are you going to follow God anyway? You know, and I would be wrong to leave you hanging, you know, and tell you that everything's going to be wonderful. Uh, it is wonderful. But Jesus said, grace is free, but it ain't cheap. You know, it, it will cost you something, you know. So know that and be willing. You know, I don't want you to be a self-martyr where you're trying to get people's rejection so you'll feel good about yourself that I am doing the will of God. It doesn't work that way. That's religion. Uh, but just serve God and let, let him fill you with the Spirit. You know, amen. <laughs> Thank you.